Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. CO Day radio program, and I'm sorry, I'm reading a wonderful, I'm reading a press release that hit my inbox at 6.01 this morning. Kyle Wilson, who's uh, in for Ross, who's either being detained or not being detained, it's unclear. Uh, what's up, man? Doing well. How are you? You probably got this, too, because you're the news guy. Today at 10 a.m. in Raleigh, restoring North Carolina public employees' freedom to collectively negotiate. Oh, public unions. Oh, they're having a put. Wait a sec. I thought that was May 1st. How many districts, by the way, are signed up for that now? Too, too numerous to count. But it's, it's, it's got to be approaching a third of the state, right? Yeah. Because we got, what, there's 100 counties, but there's actually like 110 districts. Because Chapel, you know, there's districts like Chapel Hill, Carborough. Which are all about the little guy, but you know, not about being their own part of a countywide district. Um, yeah, just one example. So, yeah, let's see here: uh, press conference, local elected officials. Uh, what? What? Oh, good. Oh, I love this press. I'm, I'm sorry, we have to start here because I there's a line in here. Hold on, this is this is way too good. Wait, let me get this. Just ahead of reading this. Kyle, are you looking at it? I'm I'm looking for it right now. It's from Mr. Sprinkle at 601. <laughs> oh, that's so oh, there we go. Sorry, I had my little echo uh, button down for that I use to mock Ross sometimes. All right, so well, let me just read this to you. So basically they want to they want uh uh in North Carolina, I guess for the five of you who don't know, here in North Carolina with a handful of exceptions, North Carolina doesn't have public sector unions, which, by the way, is a good thing. Public sector unions are problematic. At the federal level, they're extremely problematic. This is not, by the way, this is not my opposition to unions. If you want to have a public sector union, you go right ahead. Or, excuse me, a private sector union, you go right ahead. Do your thing. But when you get into the public sector side of things, the, the, the power balance has become a bit unwielding. Plus, um, it is really expensive uh, uh, when you look at some of the pensions that, like the state of Illinois had to make a decision based on public sector union obligations. They had to make a decision here uh, not that long ago where they had to decide 
uh, in their budget if all of the budget just goes to maintaining the pension obligations that they have, which isn't a decision. See, I, I used a word that's not actually a decision. So, um, yeah, there's there's huge issues there. And I know this irritates some of you very, very much. How dare you? They were promised this. I get that. I'm just of the opinion that we shouldn't put others in that position. And we need to be realistic about uh, what, what current resources are. That being said, um, Representative Zach Hawkins, who sounds like a, a Pal Peralta endorsed skateboard uh, uh, endorser, and Senator Wiley Nickel, who sounds like he would be part of the bad guy gang in an old Western. Did I nail it? Nailed it. We'll hold a press conference today with local elected officials, workers, and labor leaders on the value of public services and the women and men, see what they did there? Order of operation, who deliver them to our community. I, I, I like how the dividing line is whether I see people who work in the public sector as valuable or not. What a canard. Can you, can you not see people who work in the public sector as valuable, but also still be of the opinion that uh, runaway, uh, runaway pension problems are going to be the downfall of several states because math, and that we should take a more even-handed approach here in North Carolina and, and learn from the mistakes of others? Apparently not. Here's where it gets crazy. We call on our elected officials to support them by repealing General Statute 95 through 98, North Carolina's Jim Crow era ban on collectively negotiated contracts for public employees. It's a Jim Crow law. I had not heard that before. I had not heard that that was a Jim Crow law. I'm curious how that's a Jim Crow law, because that's not what I understand a Jim Crow law to be. The brave first responders to dedicated public school teachers to life-saving nurses are... Commu- well, wait a second. Correct me if I'm wrong. When it, We do allow unions for uh, some first responders, right? Don't, are, are police allowed to unionize here in North Carolina? Am I missing something? And if you don't call that steaming pile of leftist organizing uh, that's pulling together a communist rally and doing it on the commie day with the commie fists and the commie flags uh, run by commies like Mark Jewell, uh, some sort of uh, a collective collective organization, then you're just not paying attention. Repealing the statute will restore their freedom to negotiate collectively and pay you larger dues uh, for enforceable agreements that govern the terms and conditions of their employment, a freedom already enjoyed by most private sector workers in the state. Go work in the private sector. Even people, even some of our most pro-union politicians of days gone by, including, including FDR, who arguably... Uh, help to expand the concept of unions and the utilization of unions in the private sector more so than 
any president. Remember, this is a guy who walked into office. And yes, he did walk into office. Back in what, 1932? And essentially, within like the first week, had wildly reformed banking. He just he just had a bill. Just here you go. Let's do this thing, and and they reformed banking to uh, uh, essentially uh, attempt to restore confidence. And and within the first hundred days, completed an immense amount of stuff, basically just at will, because of uh, the uh, the lingering effects of the uh, Great Depression, and was able to, I might point out, get the unemployment rate all the way down to twenty percent. But is given credit, apparently, for curing all the ills of the Great Depression. Never mind World War II seemingly did much of that. Um, so F, even FDR was not a fan of pri- uh, public sector unions. So I'm just throwing that out there, but whatever. So uh, anyway, they're going to hold their big rally ahead of the other big rally, and, and they're demanding that this Jim Crow law uh, uh, be be repealed. You know, if you're going to write that it's a Jim Crow, uh, or I see what you did there, Jim Crow era ban. So any law that took place during a certain window of history. Do you know who had, do you know what state had the most, I always love pointing this out, even if you've heard it before. Do you know which state had the most Jim Crow laws on the books of any state in America? Can anyone, and it's not even close, by the way. Kyle, you should know this. You put me on the spot and I feel like I'm going to botch this. What state, what United States, what, what of, the, of, of the United States, which state had the most amount of Jim Crow laws on the books? Let's, let's, go, let's go North Carolina. No, not even, no, not not even, even close? remotely close. Okay. I'll give you three guesses. You, you burned one. Virginia. Nope, not even close. Well, you're so cold, you, you you can't even stand it. Okay, well, uh, let's go New York. You see what you did there? You made the mistake of staying on the East Coast. California had the most Jim Crow laws of any state in America. That's right, state of California. Leading the league in uh, Jim Crow laws. And again, it's not even close. Yes, the uh, and, and there are many laws... Because all it requires is that they be laws that were on the books at that time, apparently, would be uh, considered Jim Crow era laws. Do you listen to the speech that you're putting out there? Do you listen to the crap that you're writing, Mr. Sprinkle, if you in fact wrote this? He's the uh, contact guy for the AFL-CIO. Let's see here. So anyway, that's going on today. Well, that'll be exciting. Oh, look at that. Mark Jewell's going to be there. That's weird. I thought he had stuff to do. Former Raleigh Police Department Sergeant and Vice President Rick Armstrong of uh, local Teamsters. Again, am I wrong? I I thought the police were allowed to unionize here in North Carolina. The point point is this. Thank you for your press release here at 601. Look, you got some coverage there. And the part where you put Jim Crow in there lets me know really the level of any debate, discussion, or argument. So uh, hang out with your skateboard guy. And your old west, uh, old timey west bad guy, and just leave the rest of us alone. You know why? Because you know we can look at the stories, we can look at the news out there, and we can see what it is that you all are demanding, 
what you are asking for and realize it is for the benefit of the union, it is not the benefit of the individual, and you all should be ashamed of yourself. As should the mayor of Kinston, Don Hardy, uh, those two nitwit representatives, and, and the rest of you trolls that would sit out there and want to enrich yourselves and your organization while bankrupting North Carolina taxpayers to the extent that you can. And then deciding that it means that we don't appreciate the people that are already scratching it up at work today uh, to do what it is that they do for the state of North Carolina. If you want to make an adult argument, come back and talk to us. Okay? Wonderful. Sorry, I'm, I'm just in a mood today. Coming up on the show, uh, speaking of law enforcement, um, uh, Sergeant uh, Just Don't Give uh, uh, will join us on the show today via a wonderful viral video we have to share with you. Uh, it's uh, Sergeant Dave Ernst in this video. He's, uh, he's a member of the gang task force, and uh, he's trying to do his job while others are trying to harass him, and it doesn't go well. And it shoots all the holes in the world in a popular theory that some on this show have um, have put forward for years. And I think that it's because this video emerged and this audio emerged that that is, in fact, why Ross is not here. Because he's going to get destroyed. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, plus an update on Assault Rabbit. And I want you to do me a favor this morning as you're getting ready. Don't go near any of your guns. Do not stare at, lock eyes with, I don't know where its eyes would be, uh, uh, really be in the presence of any firearms that you may own until you've heard this very important report we got to get to. Because I had no idea. But uh, we, will, uh, we will wake you to that. But for now, we'll wake you to business news with your Bloomberg Minute being brought to you by Hendricks Business Systems. This is a Bloomberg Market Minute. Investor sentiment got a Tuesday boost from several stronger-than-expected earnings reports. Quarterly results from Twitter, Lockheed Martin, and Hasbro topped forecasts. Kevin Divney of Russell Investment Management says corporate executives made sure investors were looking for realistic numbers. The risk is actually to the upside. Managements have revised expectations pretty low going into Q1. You're looking at earnings expected down 2% year over year, but the revenue growth is looking good. This will be another big day for earnings. Boeing opens its books this morning, providing a look at the impact from the grounding of its 737 MAX jets. An analyst at Barclays says the crisis could be a $10 billion drag on Boeing's cash this year. American Airlines will check in this morning. The 737 MAX grounding has had an impact on the carrier, but analysts say it probably was not major. AT&T, Caterpillar, Facebook and Microsoft are also scheduled to report today. Jeff Bellinger, Bloomberg Radio. All right, 618, we'll pause, come back here in just a few minutes, and uh, we'll get to that gun story so you don't. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. 
Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Don't become um, a, a zombie or something. Well, you'll just have to wait for it. It's next. Hang on. Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles. Here's Eddie Garcia. In the NBA playoffs, the Trailblazers beat the Thunder 118 to 115, thanks in large part to Damian Lillard, who had a career playoff high 50 points, and if that wasn't enough, hit a 38 foot shot at the buzzer to win it. Portland takes the series four games to one, and now awaits the winner of the Denver San Antonio series in round number two. The Nuggets beat the Spurs 108 to 90. Denver now leads that series three games to two. Raptors over the Magic 115 to 96. Toronto wins the series four games to one and advances to round number two. They will take Philadelphia on in the next round. The 76ers advanced thanks to a 122-100 win over the Nets and Philadelphia wins that series four games to one. NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. The Sharks beat the Golden Knights 5-4 in overtime in game seven. San Jose was down 3-0. They scored four goals on a five-minute major penalty to get back in the game and then win it and they will advance to round two to take on Colorado. Bruins over the Maple Leafs 5-4 in game seven. Boston advances to face Columbus in round number two. Staying informed starts here with Casey O'Day and Carolina's Morning News. Keep it here to stay connected on FM and the free iHeartRadio app. What did you send me? Why would you send me that? Because don't you like to be frustrated, uh, you know, on a Wednesday morning? All right, so I just wondered how in a press release I could sit here and I could read somebody claiming that opposition, or excuse me, the, the idea that in North Carolina there's not public sector, or excuse me, ugh, public sector uh, um, negotiations and uh, organizing that's uh, that's allowed here. People can still be in organizations, and you can see the North Car- the what North Carolina ed- uh, educators are in. But collective bargaining, no. And uh, that's we're not the only state to do that. But um, we can have a debate over whether you like that or not. What I find uh, just laughable is they put a press release out saying they're going to rally because it's a Jim Crow. It's a Jim Crow thing. And so Kyle sent me. Sends, this is an article from NC Policy Watch. You might as well send me some. Send me something William Barber wrote. You mean you're, they're not on your normal reading list? Well, they they are, so long as I understand what it is I'm reading. <laughs> and and this is entitled "A Last Vestige of the Jim Crow Era." So I read this whole damn thing, the whole thing, the whole thing, and they never argue how it's a Jim Crow thing. They go they go in there, and it's like it's like a MythBusters article because. Uh, let me sum it up for you. This is the only time they lean anywhere near it. Uh, the reason a collection of private sector business owners, who, by the way, wouldn't be impacted from a business standpoint. There's already pro- public or private sector unions. This is public sector. See, here's the problem. Here's the problem with the public sector. Let me just, if I could, for just a moment. When you get into a situation where uh, there's going to be a work stoppage, or there's going to be a position created, and, and I understand that we have an independent statute on, on strikes. 
right? You have parameters for strikes. However, there are ways to quasi-strike, and the unions know this very well. And when you get into a public sector versus private sector debate, in the private sector, if there's a union beef going on over at Kyle's Sausage Factory, right? Right? So they're not happy. And whether it's a strike or a Kyle, uh, you know, or, or Kyle's a horrible person and just won't negotiate and they hit an impasse where they're unable to work, the fact is that consumers can go to the store and buy from Casey's sausages, which are far superior anyhow. And as a result, there is choice. With the government shuts down, there's not choice. You're in a pickle. Your trash isn't being picked up. Your your this isn't happening. Your that isn't happening. So to say the two are similar or, or the same is BS. And I love this part. Myth number three. Collectively bargained contracts will lead to higher wages for public employees. Why? Yes, they will. And And they even kind of admit it in here. But then they point out, but it's okay. Because, in this case, public sector workforces see better job satisfaction and lower turnover. So wait, you're telling me the people who can't get fired in many instances and are making more money won't leave and feel better about it? Good. Good for them. Rush Limbaugh Morning Update, presented by the Health Dare. The Pew Research Center predicts that Hispanic Americans will officially become the largest voting minority in 2020. Pew estimates that Hispanic voters will be 13.3% of the electorate, with African American voters at 12.5%. Now, I have no doubt certain Democrat Party leaders will privately celebrate their decades-long voter replacement mission accomplished via illegal immigration. But what does this dramatic population shift mean? Hispanic politicians will demand a bigger chair at the Democrat Party table of power, more leadership roles, more money for their districts. Meanwhile, African-Americans already taken for granted by Democrats are going to slip further down the totem pole. Their political power will slowly erode and they'll be treated more and more like second-class minority citizens in the Democrat Party, a trend, by the way, that's already started. Here is the sad fact of political life. We're number two just doesn't have the same clout as we're number one, even if you're talking about minorities. And yet there is another political reality. Democrats are going to try to use this Hispanic voting bloc just as cynically as they have used African-Americans, always promising to help fix their problems in exchange for votes, but never delivering, never fixing anything, keeping them forever dependent as a source of never-ending power. Did you know that there is a new victim of identity theft every two seconds? It means a criminal could be spending your money, applying for loans in your name, and even damaging your good credit, all without you even knowing. It's a good thing there is LifeLock Identity Theft Protection. LifeLock uses proprietary technology to detect and alert you to a wide range of identity threats, like your social security number for sale on the dark web. And if you do have an issue involving identity theft, one of LifeLock's identity restoration specialists is going to work with you to fix it. Now, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but with LifeLock, you get identity theft protection and additional features to help protect your devices against cyber threats for as low as $9.99 a month. So visit lifelock.com now. Use promo code RUSH. 
Save an extra 10% off your first year. That's lifelock.com. And don't forget the name Rush as the promo code. Rush is back today at noon. More of KCO Day and Carolina's Morning News right now on 106.1 FM Talk in the Triangle and 94.5 WPTI in the Triad. All right, slow your roll, people. We call it peeling the onion. What happens when you peel an onion? You got layers upon layers upon layers of things. A lot of people are uh, all sending me the same story. I'm on it. I'm leading up to it, and here it is. Yes, there is a story, a uh, a wonderful story. In this uh, New York Post, uh, Fox, a few others covered this. Um, essentially, it's talking about uh, a public employee, uh, public um, a public union employee up in New York, specifically who works for the Transportation Authority up there, who uh, makes one hundred and eighteen thousand dollars a year salary. Which, by the way, I have no beef with. It's very expensive to live up in New York. However, and this is where you get into it, uh, how, do, how do things get expensive? Uh, they get expensive where the uh, individual in question, who was the top earner uh, within the uh, Transportation Authority's uh, ranking last year, and I guess they, I think they rank it, obviously, having to do with uh, monies made above and beyond what is the fixed salary, uh, took in $344,000 in overtime bringing the uh, grand total of their salary to uh, nearly a half million dollars on a $118,000 thing. And I know what you're saying. Well, Casey, obviously, uh, you know, if they're willing to work the overtime, what's your beef? The beef is the escalations that allow it to get to that point fall far outside anything that you're going to find in the uh, in, in the private sector. Not, it's not even close. There, uh, no, I've never seen an overtime and and... And just in the interest of full disclosure, when I was in, this is a private sector uh, union situation, when I was in school down in California, I got a gig uh, working as what is known as a casual for an IATSE union. IATSE is, uh, is essentially a stage, a stage employees union. And so I would work at shows at the Santa Barbara Bowl, uh, in Ventura, some in L.A., uh, and others, and it was a weekend gig, and it was great if you're in school because I made a I made stupid money, stupid money, and you would show up about eight or nine in the morning, and um, the there's a trucking company called Rabanda, and Rabanda uh, is kind of the industry standard for hauling around all of the equipment that traveling uh, musicians use, and I got to work, I got to work uh, Santana shows, all the touring bands of the late '90s. Uh, coming through there, uh, just uh, a mate. Joe Cocker was amazing. Um, just what a what a what a job! And then the best part, you get in there, and the way that that the way that the union rules worked, I would make more working in on like a two day deal because I'd work from like eight nine in the morning, and you would set everything up, and then around three o'clock you'd have uh, you'd have sound check. And after sound check, any of the adjustments would be made, and then anything that was going to be utilized from a pyrotechnic standpoint, all that would be put up. So you'd have this little window where you have to do anything. And and then as the, uh, you know, you get, uh, let's say it's a 7 o'clock showtime for the opening acts, by about 5, 
5.30, you're back there. You might be running Spot World. You could be just uh, you know down in the, the cable pit, as we called it. Uh, you're doing 101 other things. You might just be jockeying guitar cases around. But the fact remains, um, you would work then through, and then during the actual concert, about half of you would just be on standby, and you're still getting paid. By the way, you're getting paid overtime. And then you would slip into this wonderful, this this like double, triple overtime, depending on how long you were. Uh, and you would, after the show was done, which is, you know, like 11, 11 o'clock, because they had a shutdown time, because it was in a neighborhood, the Santa Barbara Bowl, you would push boxes back into those very same Rabanda trucks, and then hopefully by about 1, they're on the road. I I made so much money, I didn't have to work very... I, I did, but I wouldn't have had to comparably to what um, other kids were, other guys my age were making who were in school. If I didn't want to, I was making so much money. And that was an agreement between the promoter, the venue, and the um, uh, the stagehands union. Independent Association of Theatrical Stage Employees is what IOTSE stands for. So, yeah, you, you, you get into a situation where uh, I've never experienced anything like that in the, uh, in the private sector. And, and I negotiate a contract here. Right, there's not a big group of us that do it. I negotiate one, and um, you know, I use I'll use comparable information. I'll use uh, hail mary pass, but ultimately, at the end of the day, I'm I'm locked into what the market will bear and the position within the market. And I'll get creative, and and I I'm just throwing this out there because I realize that everyone's mileage may vary, but whose mileage is you're making a hundred and twenty thousand, but you're actually making a half mil because you stayed after. That's a scenario, that's a situation uh, that uh, I've never seen. Kyle, you ever seen that? Ever, ever, uh, ever, not at this ever. <laughs> not even at this I mean, just just the, the, that amount of deviation. That amount of deviation. And, I, and I, without getting into too many details, in the world, in the world of radio, I, I, I can only tell you this. The, the, the fixed salary that you make... Is 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 just a is just a piece of your compensation. There are a lot of other elements that go into this that require additional work or require certain goals to be hit. And if those goals are not hit, you don't get paid. You don't get paid. Whereas um, your your pushback and your, and your Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In that story you sent me is that once people get into a situation where if they work overtime, they could potentially make, uh, in this case, three times the salary just in overtime. Damn right people are satisfied with that situation and don't leave. Would you? That's like a rent-controlled apartment of jobs. And when what happens, what inevitably happens in a lot of those situations is, you notice how they don't talk about job performance? What's your, ince- what's your incentive to do your best uh, uh, every day that you're in there? Why would you? Your accountability is slim and none. 
And unless somebody has that internal driving force, and a lot of people do, that they want to go and they want to do a good job, ironically, those very same people are often looked down upon by some of their peers because they're making the rest of the people look bad. And I understand that that's anecdotal, but nobody who's ever worked in a union situation uh, uh, will, you know, can deny that that's an attitude that people share. Um, did you ever see that series of undercover videos they did up in Detroit, where they had a bunch of uh, they had a bunch of these are private sector, just to be one hundred percent fair. And basically, they were going and they figured out a way that they could go and sit in this little park and just drink all day. And, and there was a utilization of uh, something within the contract, and they were getting hammered. And then these people were going back into, for like a few hours a day, going back into a shop situation. And they were essentially running people out who would question this. One, for making the other people look bad, for not taking part in their little parky drink fest thing. But two, for snitching, even though it was creating uh, the potential for a, safe, uh, a, a safety issue where somebody could be killed. And, and the re- what prompted this, that there was that woman, remember that woman who was killed by the robotic arm? That was there. And they did a series of reports on this stuff. So this is not me just unloading uh, to unload. This is me responding to this, this canard that a bunch of people, a bunch of progressives, and, you know, and, and their, uh, their organizations that would write articles about them that are essentially... You know, when you got when when your cheerleader has to be somebody like Rob Schofield, and and some of these other uh, uh, journalists casts off leftist hacks uh, that run these uh, these little blue organizations who write misleading headlines still because you know if you're good at something stick with it, uh, then you know that tells me and it should tell anyone who will pay attention for five freaking seconds what's up. All right, I can't spend the whole show on this. I just get so irritated with this stuff. All right, I oh, that's right. All these people are they can't touch their guns. I put you on notice. Here's another here's another fun one. So, um <clears throat> this is uh an anthropologist who just wrote a really woke piece talking about guns and the alluring power the hypnotic power that they have over individuals. Yes, I kid you not, this is a seven-page piece over the supernatural effects of guns and the broad relevance that supernatural power has over the United States. That's right. When we come back, why your guns are possessed by a demon or something, and how it's impacting you and the way that you utilize your firearms, which, again, are supernatural in nature, and you just can't control yourself. So uh, prepare to be possessed uh, with uh, this wonderful story when we return here on the KCO Day radio program. This is the Terminex Pest and Wildlife Control Fox Sports Report. Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles. 
Here's Eddie Garcia. In the NBA playoffs, first round action, the Trailblazers eliminate the Thunder with a 118-115 victory. Portland was led by Damian Lillard's career playoff high 50 points. He also had a 38-foot shot at the buzzer to end the game. Portland wins the series four games to one. They now await the winner of the Denver-San Antonio series in round two. The Nuggets beat the Spurs 108-90 to as Denver now leads that series three games to two. Raptors over the Magic, 115-296. Toronto wraps up that series four games to one to advance to face Philadelphia in round number two. The 76ers eliminate the Nets with a 122-100 win to win that series four games to one. NHL Stanley Cup playoffs, a pair of game sevens. The Sharks beat the Golden Knights 5-4 in overtime. San Jose rallied down 3 nothing, aided by a controversial call. Barkley Goudreau gets the game winner in sudden death. The San Jose wins the series 4-3 to advance to round two. And the Bruins beat the Maple Leafs 5-1. Goalie Tukarask, 32 saves in net for Boston. They win the series 4-3 to advance to round number two. Getting connected starts at 6 a.m. with KCO Day and Carolina's Morning News on 106.1 FM Talk in the Triangle and 94.5 WPTI in the Triad. Okay, for all of you out there who've ever walked, uh, you walked through your front door, it's been a long day at work, and all you want to do is relax, and then you look, uh, you look and you realize something's amiss. Something's not right, and you realize objects within your home while you're not there have been moved. And at that point, you can't figure out who did it. Well, now you know. Apparently, it was one of your firearms. Yes, depending on where you are, there's different narratives. But according to one anthropologist in this wonderful article right here, um, who opens in Haiti, that it all ends horribly, and this is why guns need to go. Let me, uh, let me just read the first paragraph. Uh, whoever touches that gun, he'll die at some point because it acts on you, explained a 37-year-old man who lives in a poor neighborhood in Haiti. Is there a nice neighborhood in Port-au-Prince? I'm sure there is. The people who stole all the money have to live somewhere. Um, well, uh, the author here has worked as an anthropologist there since 2008, uh, specifically a Smith & Wesson 38 caliber uh, revolver. Along the standard-issue gun of American police and United States trained security forces. After being purchased for $75 from a former Army, a former Army soldier, the gun passed through the hands of three men. All three were shot and killed in their community. When I asked why these deaths occurred, most, Hades, uh, most Haitians surmised the gunmen fell victim to Maji. Magic. Magic. In Haiti, of course, uh, magi refers to the unethical use of spiritual power distinct from ceremonial forms of voodoo. Uh, basically, uh, it, it imbues an object with a nefarious purpose. So uh, we here in the United States, we see this pull forward not necessarily under the guise of voodoo, but of almost uh, destiny, if you will. Demonic possession, or a wide variety of other things which possess the very weapons which change the man. Whomever would possess these particular things. All right, so the anthropologist takes this, and, and I, I have no beef with this article there, because what he's doing is he's studying uh, a belief system or, uh, um, uh, you know, something that, that, that people actually think, in this case down in Haiti. The problem I have is he's now trying to apply it to the United States, and... He wants to come up with a more scientific explanation, and basically he says it's all in our heads. That people, once they touch a gun, essentially become stone-cold killers. 
because the gun in and of itself has some sort of uh, perceived magical ability. You know, tough guy with the gun mentality. But I think that really the guy is overlooking some of the more the, some of the scarier things. Like who all can relate to this? This is this is I have a Glock, man. This thing is. I'm not sure if it's a demon or what it is, but the Glock's favorite thing is I'll like I'll be brushing my teeth, right? And I'll so I'm sitting there, I've got my sink, mirror in front of me, brushing my teeth, get done brushing my teeth, I glance up at the mirror, I open the medicine cabinet to put the toothpaste and the and the toothbrush back in the medicine cabinet and its little holder. And as I shut it, where there was no Glock directly behind me before, just a Glock right there. Scares the crap out of me every time. It's his favorite game. Kyle, I don't, I, I, don't, I don't know if you're being stalked by a demonic weapon at your house. And it doesn't have to be a firearm, by the way. The very same, uh, the very same takeover, uh, as he points to Africa, can happen with machetes and uh, various other weapons of war. So I just blame my kids. Yeah, well, it's not your kids hovering behind your head when you're just trying to brush your teeth. You weren't there one moment, and now they are. And as soon as you turn around, it's not there. You're telling me it's the magic? Uh, it's the magi, yes. Magi. Yeah, magi. the magi guy they're coming okay. to get you. Um, and um, it's uh, it's terrifying each and every time. Even though I know that there's a chance the Glock's going to be floating there and probably move some stuff. Don't even get me started on uh, some of the uh, the tricks with lights it likes to play. Or, like, sometimes I'll think there's somebody in the shower, and I'm like, who the hell's in my house? And I see an outline of the AR. And I whip back the curtains, and nothing. It's the Magi, and it'll get you every time. Mr. News Guy Kyle hanging out for uh, Ross today. Ross, uh, um, what does he have? Scurvy or something? Yeah, it's it's something bad. It's it's enough that decontamination of the studio started at four o'clock this I morning. I wondered. It's very Lysol-y yeah. uh, over on that side of things. So, so we are, we were sitting there chatting uh, during the uh, during the break, and I just pointed out something. I asked if uh, if Kyle had laid eyes upon the latest uh, ad by one of the people running. Uh, in the uh, 9th Congressional District, which, by the way, uh, today, I to believe today is the beginning of early voting there. That is correct. So, um, you know, for the five of you listening in the 9th Congressional District, although uh, we probably, because it touches into Fayetteville, there's probably uh, a few folks there. But um, one of the guys running his name is Stony Rushing. And admittedly, I'm I'm not up on everybody who's running, but... He has a he's got a commercial or a, an ad out where he's literally standing. He's like got a snake around him, and he's standing in a swamp. Obviously, he's not afraid of the swamp. The, here's what I know about Stony Rushing: the guy I believe is a uh, a Boss Hog impersonator, and uh, <laughs> I'm just I'm just laughing because it's such a cast of characters. It's such a cast of characters. And 10 years ago, if you'd have told me some guy uh, who is who stands in the middle of a swamp with a snake around his neck and is a boss hog impersonator 
could could feasibly hold higher office, I think most people would be like, there's there's no way. And gone are those days. And you know what? I, for one, think that's a good thing. I do. You may not like Donald Trump or Stony Rushing or AOC or any of the rest of it, but, um, you know, the fact remains that uh, it, it, with the minimum requirements set forward, especially in a federal office situation of uh, generally age and residency, um, uh, if people want to people want to go and, and represent and, and be the man or the woman or whatever it is, uh, then uh, by all means, let the uh, public go ahead and decide. I have a real problem with the uh, with the hand selection, the curating of uh, of candidates that the political parties feel they're the only ones that are allowed to do it. And Democrats, by the way, you should feel the same way after what happened in the previous election, where essentially the party decided who was going to be your nominee. How'd that work out? But you know, obviously, uh, boss hog impersonator with a snake around his neck is the exception and not the rule. What are you doing in there? I am looking at the uh, the the swamp ad. You're looking at swamp. You want to hear the it's, it's you hear good. the yeehaw thing? No, I haven't heard that. I've got it pulled up here. You got it? All right, hold on. All right, I got it. Just say because I'm going to roll audio on this too while I do it, just so I can put on my button bar. I was going to do this the last time. Put that man in Congress. That is fantastic. Oh, I love that. So, uh, just, anyway, I don't know why I got sidetracked on there. I think it was just the uh, the, the commercial there. But um, ultimately, ultimately, <laughs> it's it's I, I, I would err on the side that it's a good thing. And we'll see. There's a, How many people are running in the, on the... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Republican side there uh, in the 9th District in the primary? It's a lot. Uh, like 115 or yeah. something. So yeah, yeah. Look, uh, whatever, uh, whatever it is. If you know, I guess if you're listening and you're uh, you're in the ninth district, uh, whatever your pleasure, likely you'll find it uh, on the uh, GOP side of things. And I guess for the Democratic side of things, uh, Dan McCready's your guy. Um, I did find it interesting they were attempting to feast on Dan McCready last week over the um, the return of the uh, uh, Ilhan Omar money. The irony, uh, the irony of it is. It, that he's being truthful, as best I can tell, when he says that actually when they returned a donation from Ilhan Omar, it was the congresswoman from uh, the 5th Congressional District up in Minnesota, um, it was based on the anti-Semitic comments right, right around the time that the Democrats were putting together a, uh, a, uh, a condemnation that turned out not to be, that that's when the monies were returned, but... It, the problem was is that the return of the money kind of coincided with the whole Ilhan Omar 9-11 comments controversy, and it looked like Dan McCready was being a big wuss bag to some of the more progressive on the Democratic side, so whether that harms him or not, I don't know. But I do look forward to him. 
Now, I would argue that if uh, if this uh, if Stony Rushing is to be uh, successful in the primary, that he should, if there be any debates, you see where I'm going with this, uh, do it in the Boss Hog in the Boss Hog outfit. Can we agree on that? With a snake, by the way. So it's a Jake the Snake homage uh, with Boss Hog. And debate like that. You don't have to stand in a swamp. Uh, that's fine. But, you know, the other stuff, I think you can go ahead and get away with that. Do you think any of the other cans start stepping it up? Who's going to wear the Daisy Dukes? Um, I'm not going to say who because it obviously be demeaning, but there, I think there, there's one of the candidates or one of the potential candidates I think could pull them off. I'll let you all figure that out. What? I'm an observer. I'm purely an observer. And a pig. So so there's that, too. All right. Uh, 7-Eleven here on the KCO Day radio program. So you've seen it. Uh, you've seen it many a times on, uh, so, on social media, uh, maybe in some of the news stories that end up uh, moving forward. It's people that no longer will stand idly by on the sidelines as law enforcement does horrible racist stuff to uh, 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 people of color. Instead, they're going to get all up in the business. The problem is, in many of the instances, the police officers are just going about normal, everyday operations, either making a traffic stop, because, or, uh, you know, here's a good example. Do you remember in California, the video that guy filmed where he was, he was absolutely demolishing the police officers because there was like five squad cars pulling over that woman? She was in the Mercedes, and they made her essentially back slowly out of the vehicle, walked back towards him, and then they, they pounced, because that's what people do now. They pounce. And um, and this guy's sitting there like a cafe, and he's just like, this is uncalled for. This is horrible. This is terrible. Because the guy had no clue why those officers were arresting that woman. What the what they did not realize is that the, uh, the reason the officers were being so careful is that woman was one of three people ended up being arrested for kidnapping two actors holding them hostage, and gouging one of their eyes out. And they uh, they were extremely dangerous. They had weapons. It was not a good deal. This was like a year ago. And so the guy who's filming that video doesn't know anything, but he's calling for armed insurrection against law enforcement because he has no context to what he's watching. Well, here we go. Here is Sergeant Dave Ernst. And Dave Ernst will tell you what he does uh, specifically, a gang task force. And they're making a stop, and this nitwit woman's over there, and she's not just standing back filming and shutting up. She's barking at them. She's all up where they are. She's inside the line of police cars during this traffic stop. I don't know the specifics of why they're uh, why they're stopping this guy, but being gang task force and some of the stuff that's going on, um, it, it would seem that they're not just pulling him over for making a, a, a right-hand turn without coming to a complete stop. You know what I mean? And it, it looks as though the individual who uh, the police are interacting with is Hispanic. And by the way, I would also point out there's a possibility that the person they're interacting with is also a CI. Not that not that, that would be a scenario that might interest you, but somebody who is either an official CI or somebody who they're going to pull information out of or hoping to extract information out of. Because when you've got the gang task force and you have uh, you know known gang members, they kind of know each other. Because they're interacting a lot. But she's over there because she's a social justice warrior and she's all up in the cop's face. And God bless this police officer for coming over 
uh, communicating with her in exactly the way that I felt she should have been communicated with. Let me give you some advice. When we're on a traffic stop, you are not legally allowed to walk up and interfere with our traffic stop. You can stand back and record as much as you want to, but if you interfere with a traffic stop again, I'm going to arrest you for interfering. Do you understand that? Don't ever interfere when one of my guys is on a traffic stop. Okay? My name is Sergeant Dave Ernst. I'm with the State Police Gang Task Force. All right? This is your last warning. If you ever walk up on one of my officers during a traffic stop, I will place you under arrest. All right. You good? Yes. All right. You're free to go. Okay. Did you want to talk to us? Am I being detained? What? You are never detained. Okay. Ever. I would like to point something out here because there's long been this myth on the show that the simple act of... Am I being detained? Would, uh, would go ahead and, and go a long way. And in fact, probably you guys would have coffee afterward because the officer would be so impressed with your level of knowledge there. And I find it ironic on the day that we're doing this story. Uh, Ross is, in fact, not here. But I would point out that that little cut... Am I being detained? Yeah, uh, pales in comparison to the totality of the cut that goes as follows. Am I being detained? You are never detained. Ever. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, think about that for a moment. All right, so the officer's like, hey, um, and, and there's a there's a hundred reasons why the police don't want you rolling up into their physical proximity. One, they don't know who the hell you are. And just because you're pointing a camera at them and they assume you're some jackass, they don't know that you're not a jackass who is who is uh, who knows the individual or might do something because you are... Um, you know, uh, participatory in, in whatever the criminal offense is, or you're a love, you're a girlfriend or a boyfriend, right? The, there's a reason that officers will pull up to a domestic dispute. Dispute. One of them has uh, one of the people has a black eye, and is still the one the officer has to make sure doesn't stab him with a knife when they take their uh, husband or wife into custody. Because emotions run high, so they really don't they don't like it when you sneak up on them, even if you're just filming. Pretty standard stuff, right? Well, uh, it's going to go a bit deeper here because even though that exchange was arguably all done when uh, am I being detained? That part happened. This chick just can't let it go. Is that person being detained? He was none of your business. None of your business. I think it is my business. How was it your business? Because I'm a human being, and I you have no interest in that traffic stop whatsoever. It's none of your business. There is a lot of it's racial profiling of in this oh, town. Shut up with that crap. Okay. <laughs> Good for him. There's a lot of racial profiling in this town. Oh, shut up with that crap. And arguably not the answer she thought she was going to get. But she's still not done. Excuse me? We have a live video going right now. We got a live video going. Oh, man. Did you see the officer take off his utility belt and hand it to her? <laughs> you win. You're the winner. Who's being racially profiled? That individual. For, for being in a gang? For what? Exactly. Just being brown. For being brown. Yes. Wow. You are you are about as ignorant as I've ever met. Oh, okay. Yeah, my goodness. You're the one who's making these things happen, sir. Oh, my God. Yes. You guys... Go do something else. Go have fun. Go do something. It's Friday night, man. Don't be such an idiot. Put that on the website for a moment. I don't even. I if if 
for those of you listening who are in law enforcement, is he over? Is he is he over his skis in the way that he's talking to her? I would argue that if you're in some really moonbat area, that some city council member may declare jihad on your job. I don't think that he did anything wrong. Uh, myself, I think that they're they're essentially accusing him and the other officers of pulling some guy over because he's brown. At first, they accuse him of doing it profiling because he's in a gang, which. Yeah, when you're the gang task force, I don't know if you know how this works, one of the things that uh, the gang task force generally will look for uh, when it comes to the individuals that they'll interact with is whether somebody's in a gang, because it fits into their job description. But more importantly, uh, the idea that you're being told that this is happening only because you're there. I mean, think about that cart before the horse argument, that chicken and the egg argument right there. Sure, the guy's in a the guy is likely in a gang, right? He's in a gang. But he wouldn't have a record of being in a gang if you didn't, you know, arrest him and charge him with offenses associated with being in a gang. Other than that, he'd have a clear record. It's because of you, you monster. That that's the conversation in a nutshell. That's the same logic for abolish ice though, right? It is, absolutely. It is one hundred percent the very same logic. You know what it is? It's the logic for anarchy. 888 Um, do, do we think the officer went a little far there, or are we good with that? Because I'm good with that. I'm 100% just fine with Sergeant Dave Ertz there, and I think you should put a, in fact, give him a medal. Oh, a medal would be great. In fact, make it a really big one so they can see it when they're standing back and filming. I wanted to glint in the sun and confuse them as to whether that's his badge or a giant medal he got for talking to those two moon bats. 888-934-7874. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Hang on. Yeah, this is the Terminex Pest and Wildlife Control Fox Sports Report. From the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles. Here's Eddie Garcia. In the NBA playoffs, the Trailblazers beat the Thunder 118-115, thanks in large part to Damian Lillard, who had a career playoff high 50 points, and if that wasn't enough, hit a 38-foot shot at the buzzer to win it. Portland takes the series four games to one, and now awaits the winner of the Denver-San Antonio series in round number two. The Nuggets beat the Spurs 108-90. Denver now leads that series three games to two. Raptors over the Magic 115-96. Toronto wins the series four games to one and advances to round number two. They will take Philadelphia on in the next round. The 76ers advanced thanks to a 122-100 win over the Nets and Philadelphia wins that series four games to one. NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. The Sharks beat the Golden Knights 5-4 in overtime in game seven. San Jose was down 3-0. They scored four goals on a five-minute major penalty to get back in the game and then win it. And they will advance to round two to take on Colorado. Bruins over the Maple Leafs 5-4 in game seven. Boston advances to face Columbus in round number two. You're getting connected with KCO Day and Carolina's Morning News. Smart talk and news all day on 106.1 FM Talk in the Triangle and 94.5 WPTI in the Triad. Well, there's another op-ed I can just go ahead and ignore. Sorry, I'm reading the News and Observer's hot take on the uh, teacher union. Non-union, of course. 
uh, gathering on May 1st. One, not pointing out some of the larger issues that are part of this that have nothing to do with uh, in-the-classroom stuff. And two, continuing to run the per-pupil funding numbers and the rankings that are uh, apples and oranges comparisons instead of being somewhat intellectually honest about it. So now everything else can go pound sand. All right. Let's grab a, a quick phone call here. Logan, uh, uh, what's up? Hello. I was more, I wanted to say that the interaction that the officer had with the, the lady, that was probably one of the more professional interactions I've seen, to, to have that level of patience and not be not be belligerent or disrespectful, but still you know get your point across. That was, that was quite impressive. Well, he did call her a name, right? Or he called them ignorant, so... Uh, you know, it hurts some well, feelings if you look I, at it. I see that as just calling, you know, calling it how it is, not really necessarily calling them, you know, a, a, a bad thing. Just kind of yeah. pointing out a fact. Well, I, I, you know, uh, one man's fact, so to speak. Like, you know, the News and Observer thinks it's a fact based on numbers provided by the NEA that uh, the, you know, ranking. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. ...are somehow accurate when, in actuality, they're self-serving and completely not accurate when you compare the actual numbers, so... But, you know, right. whatever. So, just throwing it out there. All right, Logan, thanks for the call there. Sorry, I get very frustrated with this stuff, and I feel like nobody's uh, being held accountable. Here, you want to you hear real insanity? Brian Stelter. I can't... We'll get this audio after the bottom of the hour, because I just looked at the clock and stuff, because I want to run it all. So, Brian Stelter, who's totally on CNN and totally straight, um, decided that he was going to go and weigh in on the decision by the White House that on Saturday, when the White House Correspondence Dinner is happening... Uh, Donald Trump will be in, where's he at, Green Bay, I believe, holding this rally, somewhere in the Midwest. And um, in addition to Donald Trump not attending, like he didn't attend last year, the White House is also not going to send their staff to get chewed up on. And that, my friends, hurts the children or something. We'll let Totally Straight Brian Stelter explain it to you next. Hang on, everybody. More news, weather, and traffic are on the way, as well as Kim Commando's digital update. This is 106.1 FM Talk in the Triangle and 94.5 WPTI in the Triad. Oh, I'm so sorry. Apparently, I'm uh, I'm bringing people down because I'm being very negative. Where's the funny? Tell you what, I have a hilarious story from Pennsylvania. You just hold on, okay? Don't go anywhere, ma'am. I got to do this Brian Stelter thing, and then right back at you with the ha-ha, okay? Kyle is looking at me like I'm insane. What? Oh, you know, this is this is definitely a ha-ha. Yeah. Get to that in a bit. Um, all right. Uh, so, Brian Stelter, yes, I'd like to um, I'd like to encourage you as I fire into this audio just to remember, if you could, about a year ago when the White House Correspondents' Dinner took place. Uh, Donald Trump, uh, I believe he rallied in either Wisconsin or Michigan. Point is, he wasn't there. 
but he did send staff members. Uh, say, in fact, sitting right up there at the podium, uh, the uh, uh, White House spokesperson, Sarah Sanders, uh, in what was a nice little blue dress. She was sitting there, and the speaker for the evening, or the comedian for the evening, uh, a a one Michelle Wolf. Went well. In fact, let's revisit that, shall we? We are graced with Sarah's presence tonight. Well, montage. Have to say, I'm a little starstruck. I love you as Aunt Lydia and the Handmaid's Tale. And I'm never really sure what to call Sarah Huckabee Sanders. You know, is it Sarah Sanders? Is it Sarah Huckabee Sanders? Is it Cousin Huckabee? Is it Auntie Huckabee Sanders? Like, what's Uncle Tom but for white women who disappoint other white women? I actually really like Sarah. I think she's very resourceful. Like, she burns facts. And then she uses that ash to create a perfect smoky eye. Like, maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's lies. It's probably lies. So, yeah, it was, uh, it was a little uncomfortable. And, and I, through a partisan lens, a lot of people, uh, or a lot of people were able to see it uh, not through a partisan lens, which I can appreciate. If you don't notice the difference between uh, a, a classic roast and 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 what you saw there, which was not just an attack on Sarah Sanders in a job capacity, but also a very personal one and one that went so far as to reference her looks as well. Like, there were some people that were able to, man, maybe that wasn't the greatest thing in the world, including the, the, uh, the organization that runs it. Uh, and Michelle Wolf, she didn't care. She stood by it, which is fine. At least she, you know she's going to own it, and then you can decide based on that. But there were a lot of people that just went pure partisan. Well, apparently none of that ever happened, at least in the minds of the folks over at Reliable Sources. Brian Stelter uh, is uh, decided that he was going to run a piece yesterday, highlighting the fact that Donald Trump's not going to attend the event on Saturday. The event. Uh, instead, he will be in uh, Green Bay doing a rally. And that, my friends, cannot stand when such a wonderful cause is uh, being ignored by the president. It's an awards dinner and a fundraiser. In the past, presidents have always shown up, uh, even if they were angry at the press at any given time. And importantly, it's, it's useful for White House aides to schmooze with reporters. Yeah. It's helpful for us to get to know our sources. There's some value in these sorts of festive events, but it is, as you said, another example of a tradition that's uh, at least being put on pause during the Trump age. Uh, so uh, Brian, 100% doesn't crave dude Stelter. Um, he is of the opinion that it is a wonderful opportunity for the press to schmooze with their sources, which ironically wouldn't be possible considering an anonymous source isn't showing up to a dinner with cameras everywhere, or they wouldn't be a very good anonymous source, now would they? So uh, throw that one right out. But, you know, the fact is that it is a fundraiser. It is an award show. And if done correctly, I think it's it's one of the things that I actually didn't. I didn't mind watching that. Uh, George Bush, Barack Obama, it didn't matter. I was fine with it. But it, it took on a really, 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 really nasty bent last year. And, and for people who won't admit that, then you're not evaluating it in anything but um, you know a very partisan way. That was not that was wildly inappropriate what they did to Sanders. Whatever you think of her, 
And especially on the tail end of the Mueller report, where one of the items in there is uh, a, a number that she, she readily claims that she fudged. Which, by the way, that would be fair to make jokes about. The problem is it will allow the clause in and it to go a lot deeper. And, and so the idea that the Trump administration doesn't want a piece of that and doesn't want to subject their people to it, I get that. But it's this next part which really, really shows a complete and utter lack of understanding as to what transpired last year. Look, it's yet another example of, of what we're seeing. This administration's attack against the media it takes many forms. Yes, One yes. form is the president having a rally uh, this Saturday instead of attending the dinner. That's right. Members of the White House staff who were attacked by the media literally attacked over their looks not wanting to go back to where they were attacked by the media over their looks, is is itself an attack on the media. Am I being detained? That's that's really the look she had on her face last year. But again, this is a case, Casey, where the, the media is just making themselves the whole story. Right. It's, yeah. No, I, don't, I would not push back just, on that. Who, who cares? Who cares? It's the White House Correspondents Association. It's for the kids. It's for I, the kids. Why I, does Donald Trump hate kids? Unless they're in cages. He loves kids in cages. Right? Big fan of those. Not that. All right. So since I wasn't able to bring you um, um, any sanity with that, I just thought at the very least we'd go ahead and get it out in the open because this is going to be the thing that they're crapping all over him for the next weekend. Because they just have to find something to crap about. Yeah, 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 yeah. I and I just I just like to point out uh, the the different waves of it. Yeah, so. I'm just I'm just exhausted with the whole thing. Yeah, well, I think most most people uh, who are honest with themselves would be. And again, I don't know that anyone could watch the Michelle Wolf performance last year, and and you know compare and contrast it against other stuff. Would they had Kimmel there? I think John Stewart did it one year. I think that's Ray on line 12, because our thing still broke, because the Weather Channel got attacked by the Russians. And uh, so we'll have weather here in a moment. All right, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit you with a pair of stories coming up, because I'm just looking over at the clock here at 743. Uh, a, a story out of Pennsylvania we got to get for you. And where is this? I think this... You know what? I just realized something. we got a double shot of Pennsylvania news for you. So we'll see what's going on in the... Granite? No. What What are they? The Keystone State? Who's the Granite State? Is that Vermont? New Hampshire? Pennsylvania is the Keystone State, though. Sorry, I can't keep all my stuff together. What's the Georgia? What are you guys? Ray Stajic from the Weather Channel. Yes. What are you? What state are you? Are you the Peach State? Yes, we're the Peach State. You're the Hotlanta State. Hotlanta. Okay. Yes, we're the peach state. When you come into our state, there's a big peach. It says, welcome to Georgia. Ah, you guys are Sherman's Furnace, right? Yeah, that, right. Okay, that one too. Atlanta, right, the city, the fire, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, it wasn't just Atlanta. (laughs) It's pretty much a whole trail. So, yeah, (laughs) so there's that. Well, yeah, there's that too. And still had less impact on your servers. So it did. Yeah. All right, man. Uh, So today versus yesterday. Uh, I just I have my little window here yesterday, huh? sunny, blue, birds are chirping. One tried to kill himself on my window shortly after oh, the show man. yesterday. That sucks. But today, uh, a little gloomier out there. What's up? Yeah, a little more gray sky, but no rain. Um, probably going to brighten it up a little more this afternoon. We go in and out of clouds and sunshine the next couple of days before the rain arrives. Now, the good news 
is that although we may see not a fair amount of rain, half inch, maybe a little bit more, uh, probably only rains one day, and that's Friday. As the weekend looks great right now, after cooling off just a tad, um, we get up back into the 80s. Uh, by Sunday, and that dry weather may take us into next week. So the clouds around this morning are starting to mix with some clear sky. This afternoon we'll get clouds and sunshine. Low to mid-80s tonight, upper 50s to near 60. Tomorrow we go from sunshine in the morning to clouds in the afternoon this time, lower to middle-80s again. And then with showers and thunderstorms in Friday, we're only in the low 70s. But don't worry, sunshine will be back on Saturday, mid-70s. On Sunday, mostly sunny and we get into the low 80s. So, Casey, not too bad. we got one day of rain and four days of no rain. I'll take that any day. All right, but I'm going to put you on notice now. Sure. Um, not this week, but at the end of next week. Okay. So I know that's the extreme long-range forecast, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm going to need you to carve out uh, a no-rain situation from essentially Thursday through Sunday because i got a thing. Okay. All right? I'm on it, man. So put it in the Doppler or whatever you got to do. <laughs> All right. Do. Yep. All right. Thank you. See there you, you go. Ray Stajic from the uh, Weather Channel. Got a very important golf tournament. Very important. You know, I won the Masters this year. I don't know if you knew that. Kyle didn't report on it, so I wasn't sure if somebody told him. Well, the green jacket looks great. No, it's very nice. And I figure I, I obviously I'd be eligible for it if, uh, you know, considering who won the uh, Pulitzers and everything. And then CNN got the. Uh, I don't know, Awesome Reporting Award. So, uh, with that in mind, we got Awesome Reports, two of them, uh, stemming from the great state of Pennsylvania. We'll do that next. Hang on. Despite the hype of our skies becoming full of Amazon Prime deliveries by drones, in a surprise move, Google is taking off first. Its wing commercial delivery drones just got the green light from the FAA. Kim Commando with your Wednesday Consumer Tech Update. Get digital know-how the easy way with my free tech newsletters delivered from me to your email daily. Sign up now at commando.com. In what seems like a science fiction movie, we will soon get deliveries via drones. Wings electric drones have 14 propellers. They can fly vertically and sideways 400 feet above the ground. And they zoom through the skies at 75 miles per hour. Wow. We'll use an app to place orders and get anything from food, drinks, supplies, you name it, so long as it doesn't weigh over 3.3 pounds. Deliveries are dropped down to the ground safely with a tether. Now, drone delivery will land first in Blacksburg and Christiansburg, Virginia, where things will literally be flying right off the shelves. I'm Kim Commando. Hear it again, or for the first time, open the iHeartRadio app and search KCO Day for the podcast. Wow, this is interesting. People are losing their flipping minds. Jake Tapper uh, essentially retweeted an article that was penned by a uh, a former uh, sergeant major by the name of Kyle Lamb, now retired. Uh, You may know Kyle Lamb is portrayed in a particular movie, very popular movie, called Black Hawk Down. And... uh, if you've never seen that, by the way, and you're young enough, you never say you should watch that. The Battle of Mogadishu, and uh, basically, uh, there was a there was a tweet that resurfaced uh, by uh, yeah Representative Ilhan Omar, and it was pretty negative on the um, the role of the uh, U.S. military or peacekeepers at all, uh, because it really was that was a U.N. thing uh, that we participated in, um, and. 
it it gave the perspective that essentially a bunch of U.S. troops came there to kill Somalis, which is partially kind of true, only in the sense that the U.S. offered, and it started under Bush and... and Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, uh, fell into the Clinton administration at the time that the Black Hawk Down incident happened. Uh, essentially, the U.S. military, as part of a humanitarian aid mission where they were they were dropping food and stuff in there and medical supplies, because you had absolute uh, insane, I'm going to call it tribal warfare, but um, um, basically you had a bunch of different sects or uh, uh, different uh, groups, uh, that, gangs. It was essentially gangs, and the U.S. was there to provide security so that the supplies could be provided to people there uh, in in Somalia, and and then you you had quite a few incidents. I believe we lost what 20, uh, 20 U.S. soldiers. I think it's slightly less than that, maybe seventeen. Um, but ultimately, you had you had very powerful factions that were taking the supplies, and and they were utilizing them as currency essentially to buy favor. Like either you're with us or you starve. Uh, with the rest of the citizens there in in Somalia, and many fled to Kenya, including the family of uh, Ilhan Omar, because they weren't with the right clique. And and so Jake Tapper retweeted an article that was that was penned by this guy. But the problem is, is the Federalists gave him the uh, the space to do it. So they are uh, they are ratioing uh, Jake Tapper from CNN right now for daring to retweet a story, not because of what it says. But rather because of the particular uh, masthead uh, above it, it's very funny to me. But that you know, that's where we are right now. All right, I promise you two Pennsylvania stories. First, this one: a Pennsylvania woman dies after falling into a meat grinder at a sausage company. Holy crap! The woman, an employee of the Economy Locker Storage Company in northern Pennsylvania, was found dead Monday morning by a co-worker who said they responded after hearing strange noises coming from the commercial machine. Uh, it took firefighters some 45 minutes to disassemble the large machine in an effort to recover the woman's remains. Pretty horrific. And I know this sounds horrible, but I hope it was head first. Is that bad? Nope. That's, uh, that's very reasonable. Just, you know, it's. Uh, you see that stuff in the movies? You know, wood chipper. This is very morbid, I'm sorry. The wood chipper, the, in this case, the meat grinder. What were you saying from The Walking Dead? They were using like a rock pulverizer that they used. There was something, yeah, at a landfill. And they were pushing zombies in there yeah, or something? Yeah, walkers were getting ground up in there. Can we just say zombies? Why do we have to say walkers? Because we're sticking with the, you know, the whole theme, the aesthetic ah, of the show. Whatever, I don't watch the show. So zombies, you mean zombies, right? I mean walkers. Do they run ever? Uh, no, they don't. 
Oh, okay. They're they, not like they the shuffled, Brad, they the shuffled Brad Pitt quickly. zombies. No, 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 no. They shuffled quickly in season one, but uh, they've they've kind of toned that down. How are they not rotted and and not there anymore? Is is my question. But whatever, it's a show. Well, so be, I'm not because I, on it. I'm happy to talk about this. Uh, they're they're continuing to be around because their their numbers replenish. How do they replenish? Well, because every time somebody dies, they become a. There's walker. only so many somebodies. It's like a pyramid scheme, you know, you get you get a few layers no. down, they're going to run out. No, this is wrong. It's all wrong. Speaking of wrong, three men sentenced to up to 41 years in prison after they were convicted. Well, it, see, this is a little misleading. It says they were convicted of hooking up with multiple farm animals, uh, including nine horses, a few cows, a goat, and several dogs over the past five years. However, it was uh, other, this is in PA as well, Munson, Pennsylvania, uh, but there were additional charges because, according to the report, a teenage boy under the age of 18 uh, was actually utilized or was forced to restrain the animals uh, while the men, the three dudes, did what they did. Which, by the way, with that, that's the worst internship ever. Can we agree? With the holder? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like you're the apprentice <laughs> to all of this. All that's required is a good grip. So the problem, the problem is, uh, since he's under the age of eighteen, and these dudes are, you know, trow down. Uh, there was chart those charges attached to the other more, you know, creepy uh, animal charges as well. Now the question is, even though it's an internship, obviously it's an unpaid internship, so that sucks already. You think he thought he was going to be getting them coffee? That took a strange twist on the first day. It's like, you want me to do what? And he probably made him buy his own uh, uh, gloves with the little hooks on them, which are an actual thing. They're not really intended for this purpose, but they are a thing, just so you're aware. Because that's ag news you can use. While we await the arrival of Lieutenant Governor Dan Forrest, he'll join us coming up right after the news. Good morning. It is 8.05 here on the KCO Day radio program. Glad to have you along. And uh, as we normally do, we're going to get a couple uh, bonus bonus uh, minutes uh, with uh, Lieutenant Governor Dan Forrest as it is Wednesday, hour three. And uh, welcome to it, sir. Sorry, I got, a, I got knocked sideways uh, mentally there. People were making puns over a story I just did. Uh, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Casey. How are you? Uh, pretty good. Uh, we got we got lots going. I, I kind of I got a little sidetracked earlier because I was reading a press release um, uh, before we get into uh, something else here. It's reading a press release from uh, the I believe it's the AFL CIO that hit my inbox this morning, um, and basically uh, there's a big rally going on today to uh, get rid of uh, or repeal rather statute ninety five ninety eight, which uh, would uh, open the way for public sector unions uh, because I don't know if you know this. That is a quote last vestige of Jim Crow laws in North Carolina. Uh, do you support? <laughs> right, hold on, hold on, let me ask the question. Do you support or not support this 
last vestige Jim Crow law, or specifically the idea that in North Carolina we draw a line between public sector and private sector unions for the purpose of uh, establishment, uh, joint negotiation, and uh, striking ability. Are we doing it right here in North Carolina or not? Boy, I tell you, not only, Casey, are we doing it right. Anywhere you go in the United States or around the world and you're meeting with business folks, the first thing they say to you is, we love North Carolina because it's a right-to-work state. And so you have mass exodus from all these states where the unions have taken over and prices are through the roof and you can't even hire anybody anymore. And as you can tell, as I can tell, as I'm sitting in uh, bumper-to-bumper uh, traffic on I-540 outside of Raleigh right now, uh, you know, the, the uh, mass exodus from places like New York have uh, benefited the job market here in places like Raleigh and all across North Carolina, and I'd say the primary reason for that is that we are a right-to-work state. Well, but you let me let me just devil's advocate on one thing here. Um, in one of the things that we're awaiting here in North Carolina, and we have about a week to go if the promised timeline holds up, is a budget proposal. So yeah. that means there's a lot of complex discussions going on in the background. Meanwhile, in Illinois, the amount of money that they had available almost exactly met the amount of pension obligations they had. So really, at that point, you could you could do a budget in like five minutes. So that was nice for them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, there's all kinds of issues in places like Illinois. Um, that uh, they're basically broke, like California's basically broke, like New York is basically broke, and they do things a little bit differently there, and that's why you see all the folks coming here, and we have just a different process for budgeting here. Uh, Let's go ahead and talk about uh, something specific. This came out yesterday, and, um, well, actually, here, before I get into the prison stuff, you know, yesterday we were having a discussion about uh, Notre Dame, right? Um, and specifically, uh, there's these there's some conspiracy theory video that was going around saying that wood won't burn, um, and they're holding blowtorches to uh, big oak logs. I'm not dragging you into that insanity, but uh, the <laughs> wood, point... Wood the, doesn't burn, huh? Okay. Wood, wood doesn't burn, I and I thought... Did. I think it pretty much did, yeah. We, we, we watched that. But I kind of coupled it with the idea that up in New York, uh, Bill de Blasio signed something uh, saying that in New York... They're going to do away with the concept of steel and glass skyscrapers because the planet. And and somebody was talking about how they there's an efficiency that can be achieved building stuff out of wood. And one of the things that I explained, and correct me if I'm wrong, since you your background is that of an architect, there's an entire school of architecture known as the Chicago School, correct? That's correct. And, yeah. and why is the Chicago School an important historical thing, uh, right, I don't know, considering what happened right around, I don't know, 1870-ish? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of reasons. Uh, one is obviously you're speaking of the Great Fire. Right. The fire, which burned down the entire city. And uh, they obviously moved to, uh, because of technology at the same time, they moved to building skyscrapers. That's why we, ha- we got the skyscraper, one, because of, uh, the ability to create steel, structural steel to do that, but also because of the elevator and uh, that. A lot of that design work came out of Chicago School. And so, yeah, there's reasons we built skyscrapers out of steel. And uh, generally, you can build them out of concrete now as well, but there's steel inside of that concrete. And it's just uh, it's a joke if you're, you know, if you're going to tell now developers how they have to build their buildings. I think that's a. That's just a little ridiculous. Yeah, I, I'm sorry to bring you on the tail end of that, but I just I, I wanted justification <laughs> for the point I was making about why we don't stick build everything anymore. Um, all right, on to this. Uh, we have had this discussion. I think it's embarrassing that it's actually taken this long. 
Uh, I know this is not necessarily your mantle to take up. I thought we'd see some leadership really out of the governor's office on this, because over the last few years, we've had several high-profile stories where uh, corrections officials found themselves either in a situation that should have never existed or overwhelmed in certain situations, and the loss of life of corrections officers in North Carolina took place. And so the idea that we look at the way that we run prisons in North Carolina as a whole to make them safer for not just the inmates, but also the people who have to work there should be a no-brainer. And uh, now, finally, I'm seeing that uh, somebody, there's some folks are wanting to do something, and and you're behind this. Explain what it is and uh, what we're looking at. Well, I mean, I think you, you started off the right way, Casey. You and I have had, I don't know how many conversations we've had over the last couple of years about this. You know, what's going to be done, what's going to be done. It falls within the executive uh, branch of government under the Department of Public Safety. and uh, But it's also, I think, time, because nothing really has been done. It's time for the legislature to get involved. That's why Senator Steinberg is, uh, along with some colleagues, working on a bill uh, that we're working on with him as well to do several things. I'm not going to get into all the specifics because it's in the works right now, and I don't want to throw things out there that may or may not happen. But um, one is to divide up the Department of Public Safety and take the Department of Corrections and the Department of Juvenile Justice out of there just because it's such a massive bureaucracy uh, to separate that so you have some accountability specifically for corrections and juvenile justice. Uh, Then it's it's about uh, giving the correction officers the tools that they need to be able to maintain discipline and keep control in these prisons so that they're not putting their lives on the line every day when they go to work. Uh, there's also some uh, pay scale things that we've got to work on there. There's uh, potential for some education benefits in that uh, and things for you know, benefits for the children of these correctional officers, that sort of thing. So this is one of those places where 20% of our jobs are left unfilled. And uh, for obvious reasons, if you, you know, people seeing uh, corrections officers go to work and get killed, violently killed without having any tools at their disposal to protect themselves or to take care of the prison, then you're not going to get a lot of people signing up for those jobs. No, I, I, I would imagine not. And also, we run into a situation where you had people who weren't even corrections officers in one of those instances. What were they, supervising uh, yeah. uh, some sort of, uh, it was some sort of fabric operation where inmates would come and work. And, yeah, and the, the inmates, if they're violent like that, they're not going to discriminate, right? So you have to. There's a lot of employees there that are not corrections officers that they need to be able to be in a position to protect themselves too. We've gone through the years and we've given so many rights and protections to the prisoners that we've just lost sight of the folks that are, uh, you know, there to protect us. And um, so th- that's what this bill is about. I hope in the end, I hope it's a very comprehensive bill. It's just in the beginning stages of being formulated. And the legislature is doing their work now. All right. Um, let me ask you something. I'm reading the uh, – obviously, you're stuck in traffic, so maybe you haven't had a chance to peruse this yet. <laughs> you're going to be shocked to learn, though, when you pick up your News and Observer today uh, and flip to the opinion section, that the editorial board over there feels that the uh, General Assembly, uh, quote, received a lesson last year from thousands of teachers but still doesn't get it. And- With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And um, uh, basically, <laughs> uh, people are not listening over there. Uh, Which we, lesson would that be? Did they, uh, do they talk about what lesson that is? Why, why yes, uh, yes, they do, Dan. Uh, and that is that the schools are starving. Um, the districts, the district, I think it's 20-some districts that are out, but the, technically they represent half, uh, roughly half of the uh, student population here in uh, North Carolina that will be gathering on May 1st. And I, my question on this thing is, how do we actually move, and maybe there's no answer to this, uh, to getting read and dispelling of this canard where I have to read op-ed after op-ed and discussion after discussion, utilizing cherry-picked numbers from NEA uh, with zero sourcing that's done uh, by many of these writers, so we can have an actual discussion that shows, one, where we are and where we want to be. And I, and I say this because I have people listen to the show who feel that while uh, Democrats are overselling the problem, Republicans are overselling the non-problem. Do you think that that's fair? Uh, no, I don't think it's fair at all. I mean, I think that, you know, to answer your question, you know, how do we solve this problem, I would say to all of your listeners today, if you subscribe to the News and Observer or any of these other rags that don't that choose blatantly to falsely represent what we've done, or you watch these television stations that choose to falsely represent what's been done and what's being done out there, then shame on you. Cancel the subscription. Stop watching. I mean, that's how you solve this problem, because eventually somebody's going to get out there and want to share the truth. Because uh, there'll be money in it for somebody, but uh, that's the problem: is that there's just so much false information or you know fake news, if you will, that is causing this problem, and it's being perpetuated by the NCAE and and others, and that's kind of a shame because there's a lot of great things that have been going on. You and I talk about this weekly, um, six years in a row, pay increases uh, for teachers, putting over two billion dollars into education over the last handful of years. In North Carolina, we're doing more than probably just about any state in the country. And as far as the state goes, we invest more in education uh, than all but six other states. So at the state level, so you know what you have is you have an issue maybe at your county levels where they need to invest more because we invest 14 percent more than other states at the state level, and the counties need to pick that up. But you don't see marches going on at the county level for the county commissioners and others. So you always see it at the state because that's what gets the attention. But I think that, uh, you know, there, there's no real possible way to get the message out other than us paying for it and doing it on social media. All right. Uh, you know, one of the – I'm ignoring a lot of the what I feel are the crap proposals in here that have nothing to do with education, which is really weird that they'd be part of an education rally, but yeah. uh, that's just me. Um, one of the things that the legislature recently approved was a $15 per hour minimum wage for state employees. However, school employees – um, now we're not talking about teachers. We're talking about supplemental employees, bus drivers, etc., mm-hmm. uh, custodians. Uh, not included in that. Do you think that they should have been, or is this a product of the quasi-state and local? Um, uh, the fact that they're not pure state employees at the end of the day. Well, I think that the local should take care of their own house, and the state should take care of their house. And I don't think the state needs to get involved in the local business. We do too much of that already. I think we need to do less at the legislative level of uh, making decisions for uh, the school systems in the localities. I think there are laws on the books that the state has to uphold. I mean, that's the job of the state. And if those if those things need to be done, then the state should do that. And if it's not spelled out specifically in state statute that we do, then we shouldn't be doing that, and we should pass that control on to the locals. So 
I think we get involved in things oftentimes that we shouldn't get involved in, but this is one that's really a local issue. How much you want to pay your bus drivers, how much you want to pay all your other local staff and that sort of thing. So, uh, no, I don't think this is a place where we need to get involved. Oh, and then I, I neglected to ask you as I let you go today if uh, you had a good Easter, uh, Easter worshiping on Sunday. Was that good for you <laughs> and the family? or? I had a, We had an awesome Easter, and uh, we actually went down to the beach for a couple days and uh, went out and had our own uh, kind of private sunrise service on the beach, and it was great. It was a it was a great time. Do you guys do? Do you guys hide eggs on the beach? Do you do you participate in that portion of Easter? Well, we we did when we had little kids, right? You know, but our kids are all grown now, so we don't do that anymore. Well, you put hundreds in there or something. I mean, it'll motivate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they'd probably appreciate that if I had them. <laughs> yeah, instead of just begging it off, yes. Teens and uh, young adults sometimes do. All right, Dan, I do appreciate it. And, uh, we'll, and uh, of course, when we meet next week, uh, we'll, be, um, we'll be sitting there right on the cusp of the uh, big rally. So we'll see how that goes, okay? Awesome. Can't All wait. Right. Yeah. So uh, have a great week. We'll talk to you next time. All right. There you go. Uh, Lieutenant Governor Dan Forrest joining us here on the KCO Day radio program, which, by the way, how does he get stuck in traffic? I just assume he's got a private lane. Kyle, can you? Does he get those? Um, does he get the the, the magic blue lights? That it's they like were pushing for. I think it's like the bat lane. Oh, you know what? I was going to ask you about that two weeks mm-hmm. ago, and I didn't ask. I, I I thought that was just for members of Congress, though. You know, but we can make exceptions for uh, for Dan. I assume with uh, yeah, with Dan, there's a little part of the freeway which kind of shoots you to an under a secret under road, <laughs> like the, you know those roads that connect all of the WalMarts and the weird conspiracy theories. Yeah, yeah. So they could transport people for whatever reason. Or uh, they just come by with one of those lift helicopters, and there's grapple hooks. Drone. And just take them off. And, uh, or he's got to sit in traffic like the rest of us. Oh, and then I didn't even ask him if, uh, about what happened with McCrory. Damn it. This is what I, I was going to make notes, and I thought, well, we're just going to talk about two issues, and I didn't do it, and it's all on me. So I apologize in advance. Uh, or I guess in this case, uh, 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 postscript. All right, 819 here on the KCO Day radio program. Coming up. We will have to dive into something that totally, absolutely, very, uh, very likely happened, an interaction, uh, according to Bill Crystal. so we'll mock that incessantly, and crack security at one of the Southern Governor's mansions. How the hell does this happen? I'll explain next. Hang on. KCO Day and Carolina's Morning News sets up the day. Smart talk and news continues all day on 106.1 FM Talk in the Triangle and 94.5 WPTI in the Triad. Holy cow! I have to own this thing. All right, uh, uh, Kyle, Ross isn't here, so you'll have to figure out how to do this. I need a GoFundMe. All right. So people can contribute to my uh, uh, purchase. And when is this? When is the sale of this? Uh, Is it next week? Okay. Oh, no, it's Saturday. Saturday. So hustle up, people. Send me money. All right, you remember that? You remember that horrific story of that guy down in Florida who was killed by this uh, this giant bird, this cassowary? Yep, yep, yep. Which which caused me to have to figure out what the heck one of those things is. Because I'm like, emu, ostrich, got it, got it. So a cassowary, which grew up six feet tall, comes uh, armed uh, on its feet with a, uh, at least, uh, it looked better than four inches in a lot of those pictures. Uh, one of its toes is essentially a razor-sharp knife. Ooh, so it's like a, a it's not velociraptor. Just, 
Yeah, and it's not just the tip of it. It's they they sharpen it against rocks and stuff, and just one pop of it can kill you, as it did this this guy who raised the things down in Florida. Well, unlike I get, and actually, I'm a little surprised because normally when an animal kills somebody, they destroy the animal, right? Like if a, like if a pit bull eats a baby, what do they do? They generally put the pit bull down. Uh, but in this case, they didn't, and as a result, on Saturday, there's going to be an auction for the animal estate owned by Mr. Marvin Hayos, who was the man who was killed. And among the items that uh, will be up for uh, up for auction, the very cassowary that uh, greased this guy. We can buy the death bird. We can, we can buy the death bird and use it for building security and okay. to keep salespeople on their side of the building so they don't come over here and ruin my day. You put and that thing looks mean. Did you see the picture of the thing? I'm gonna pull it up here now. Yeah, they look they look like they got a bad attitude. And remember, I also wanted to acquire that that casuary so that I could go to some of these illegal uh, uh, cockfighting rings that they bust out in some of our more rural counties. You know who you are, and show up. And I'll keep that thing like in a you know behind the curtain. Enter up, and then when it's my turn in the ring, um, I'll you know I'll dump that thing in there, and we'll see what's up. I gotta I gotta think I'm gonna run the field really at that point with uh, my uh, fighting casuary. Is that thing terrifying or what? You know, I think it's kind of cute looking. There's a reason people don't live in Papua New Guinea or wherever this thing's from. It's got the 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 colors that the iridescent around its neck. And oh its yeah, face. yeah, that's how they get you. Didn't that isn't that the 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 Velociraptor? Didn't it have like the little blue tinge to it, so it looked adorable or something? Well, how'd that work out for everybody? It didn't, according to Spielberg. Sure, you get off. You, let's say okay. Let's say you're one of these old timey explorers. You land on the shores of Papua New Guinea, and you're like, "Wow, look at this! Look at this place. It's lush and beautiful, and there's sand and blue waters. And what the hell is that? Oh, it's a bird. That shouldn't be any trouble. And Bill's dead." Bill is dead, and he took one kick from a bird. You're leaving. Hence, the current population being as small as it is. My theory and my purchase, please contribute today. We'll be back. There are at least three ways to listen. FM, the iHeartRadio app, and the podcast. KC is on 106.1 FM Talk in the Triangle and 94.5 WPTI in the Triad. Okay. Boy, I almost want to save this one for when Dr. Kevin Campbell joins us tomorrow. This is a story. Mm. Apparently, uh, apparently, doctors are warning of a dangerous uh, new age. I, I hate the term new age. We'll call it a natural healing Plan trend is trend implies more than one person was dumb enough to do this. Oh Lord, how do I even get this out here? Um, ladies, this is for you. Regardless of what you may have read about its antifungal and anti-yeast properties. 
putting garlic somewhere is not a good idea as the risks outweigh the benefits. How do they know? Because uh, Dr. Jennifer Gunter led a study after determining uh, that this was becoming a thing in some uh, natural healing forums, actually commissioned an experiment using mice to prove the point. How? How do you read something online, go get a bulb of garlic, peel that bad boy, and go, all right, we're doing this. Do you have like a really weird vampire fear that I'm on a... Kyle, do you get... You haven't seen this story, but do you now know what I'm referring to based on the information I've provided? Yeah, but I'm being quiet by choice here. This is just... That's... Yeah. So somebody had to test this on mice? Well, she saw that it was a, it was a homeopathic cure that was uh, being util- recommended and utilized. Like when we were talking about the benefits of this. All right, so they're using the whole bulb or a part of the bulb, or are they making a paste? Wow, perv, I didn't check. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't check. I Let's just go with none of the above is a good idea, according to this doctor. They make, what are you talking about? So, yes, don't do that. I, I just, here's the thing with some of the natural stuff that's out there. And I, by the way, I'm not one of these people who doesn't think that there's natural, there are natural ways to uh, tackle various ailments. Are you Googling this on Ross's computer? I'm, I'm just looking to see, because I'm curious, like, would, would the garlic, would the oil from the garlic, would it, would it burn down there? Casey's rubbing his, you're the one that brought this up. I brought it up because I am constantly amazed that certain articles have to be penned. Okay, see, now I've my Googling here, I've, I found people putting garlic in their ears. That's, yeah. That's supposed that's to help not, with the earache. That's not what this was about. This was, uh, this was due to the uh, antifungal and anti-yeast properties of garlic. <laughs> huh. But again, uh, the idea that there are not natural ways to deal with various elements, I, I, that's, I, that's not something I believe. I, th- I believe there absolutely uh, uh, 100% is. Um, you know, there's uh, like motion sickness. There's different ways that you can tackle these things with natural remedies. A- except at, at a certain point, even though a natural remedy is a thing, you have to balance the negative with the positive versus other things. Can you only date Italian guys after? I have a lot of questions. I don't know. But it's when they then have to write a please don't do this article, I start to question the uh, the validity or the ability of people to parse information that they may read on the internet. It sounds like a Gwyneth Paltrow kind of thing. It does sound like a very goop style thing, except it wouldn't be because you can't charge five hundred dollars for a bulb of garlic, which is you know less than a dollar at at, at at most major grocery stores. 
See, that's if they can't get you with the uh, the goop. That's the brilliance of her horrific uh, goop uh, company. It's uh, uh, apparently it's a pushback against big pharma and big medicine because they're just trying to ransack your wallet, utilizing natural ways of curing things that ransack your wallet. Right? You're not you're not really changing the financial impact of of what you're what you're dealing with there. I'm sorry. I just saw this and I'm like, okay. Well. Okay, well, I took one for the team here. I have I have Googled the the exact thing that we're talking about on Ross's computer here. Good, good, good. And I can tell you that the, the, the problem, they say, is that if, if the garlic bulb is not completely cleaned, then you could transfer a botulism. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just... This is this is perfect. We need to bring this back up again I, tomorrow with Dr. Kevin. No, you know what? I just I'm sorry. I just had in my head the revisionist version of that old commercial of mom and daughter walking on the beach. <laughs> and mom whips out a bulb of garlic. <laughs> and I would assume the daughter would push her into the ocean. I don't know. When presented with that theory, but it just, that old commercial just played out very differently in my head uh, going forward. And, and we've lost all the listeners, except those who really like Italian food. Like if you're dating a mobster, you're fine. Otherwise, oh, good Lord, people are caught. What, by the way, somebody called and they were mad at me over what? Real quickly, what uh, did pit, I do? Pit bulls. You singled out pit oh, bulls. Oh, here we go. With I, you know what? That is my bad. Why? Well, I, I apologize, sir, who called and then uh, obviously had to go into work or something. So I made a reference to the idea that I I just assumed because it generally is what you read in these stories that when an animal uh, kills a human, uh, generally whether you agree with it or not, standard practices they put the animal down, with uh, with a few exceptions. And I gave the example of whenever we read a story about a pit bull eating a baby. So that was the guy's beef that I used pit bulls for my generic example. Yeah, you know, never mind the fact that between 2005 and 2017, pit bulls accounted for 284 dog fatality, uh, dog attacks. Well, no, 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 I'm not trying to make this a pit bull attack. Just just throwing that out there. Because, you know why? Because this is a wonderful debate that uh, uh, speaks to the power of statistics in getting nowhere. And here's what I mean by that. Because uh, when you just go pure bites and you look at a list of dog breeds by number of times they bit a human, uh, pit bulls aren't, they're not at the top. And the reason they're not at the top, uh, and and people will talk about how the lovable lab or or one of those breeds is, um, well, the reason they're not at the top if you go pure numbers and not per 1,000 owned is because people, pit bulls are not owned as many, uh, labs are owned a, a ton more times than pit bulls. So it's not me singling it out, but also there's a certain amount of uh, statistical work that goes in this. So let me say this to you, sir, and others listening that are very upset about me insulting their pit bull. Um, I don't mean your pit bull. As we've covered here on the show frequently, your pit bull is the Gandhi of pit bulls. He is Zen. He helps around the house, watches the kids, likely volunteers at the church. Your pit bull is not who I'm referring to. I'm referring to the other mean pit bulls. So, I apologize in advance, sir, for not making that uh, completely known. Okay?
Ray Stajic from the Weather Channel join us. Ray, do you like garlic? I do not mind garlic, not in heavy doses. Okay. How about yourself? Well. Not anymore. Why do you ask? Ah, you know. (laughs) No? You want to know? Yeah, absolutely, my friend. All right. Remember you said that. Okay. So uh, some doctor had to write an article asking women who prefer natural cures not to put bulbs of garlic somewhere. Okay. I'm sorry I asked. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> don't do that because botulism or something. Yeah. Just, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, and um, on to the weather. clouds around right yeah. now. <laughs> and that one looks like a bulb of garlic out my window right there. Indeed. Hey, hey, well, yeah. It does. Yeah. Crazy. So, yeah. Anyway, sorry I did ask. Uh, yeah, next well, time, live and learn. I won't ask. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, we will stay dry for a couple of days, although we're not going to see a lot of sunshine like we did yesterday. Some sun mixing with clouds. Low to mid-80s today, mostly cloudy by tomorrow afternoon. So there will be breaks as we're hovering near 60 tonight. Tomorrow in the low to mid-80s again, and then we'll have a wet day probably later tomorrow night into Friday. Some showers, some thunderstorms around with approaching front and low pressure. But the weekend looks great right now. Uh, if this holds true, KC... I'd say not bad as we go into the last weekend in April. Wow. Lots yeah. of sunshine. Mm-hmm. Mid-70s Saturday, uh, upper 70s to low 80s on Sunday, and lows in the 50s. Very pleasant. Okay, man. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. And yep. we'll come back, chat with Patrice Sikora from Bloomberg News next. Hang on. Talk all day and news at the top and bottom of every hour. This is Casey O'Day and Carolina's Morning News on 1061 FM Talk in the Triangle and 94.5 WPTI in the Triad. It is 8.52 and your Bloomberg update being brought to you by Hendricks Business Systems. Patrice Accord joining us. Good morning. Good morning. What's we've up? Got Bo- well, we've got Boeing's earnings in this morning and um, they're almost as bad as expected. Boeing's earnings and revenue misestimates. The plane maker also what? though. What? Yes. <laughs> but they've also suspended their earnings forecast. And like I say, this was not terribly unexpected, but it does underscore just how big this crisis is, the 737 MAX situation. They say new guidance will be issued at a future date. The MAX uh, indefinite grounding is just dragging on the company, the management team focusing on conserving cash and holding down costs. Uh, Kohl's is going to begin accepting returns for Amazon at all of its stores in July. They had started a program on a limited basis two years ago, but they're now getting cozier with Amazon. They're using it as a way to bring more new customers into Kohl's stores. The goal, of course, have them browse and buy something while they make that return. And then Anheuser-Busch used to wait until after a natural disaster hit before delivering cans of emergency drinking water. But with the shifting realities of climate change, it's now pre-shipping to disaster-prone areas, for instance, the West Coast, for the wildfire season that begins in June. Anheuser-Busch donates anywhere from 1 million to 4 million cans of water each year. It was after Hurricane Harvey back in 2017 that they sat down and really started to forecast demand, and they saw that it was going to increase. Wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So they're precogging natural disasters? Yes. Why don't you just tell the people that there's a natural disaster coming to kill them? Not to kill them, but to cut off their water. Okay, which will, which will inevitably yes, which will inevitably kill people. It could, it could, yeah. No, it but does. <laughs> it does. It could. Well, they they're looking at their forecast. They want to make sure they can meet the demand. 
So therefore, when you see the how ter- yeah, exactly. when you see the truck coming and it's got water, be cans terrified. On it. <laughs> exactly. Run, run, run away. Oh man, that's so horrible. So what you got for me? You want murderous AI or garlic? Oh, murderous AI. That's a really good decision on your part. (laughs) No choice. So a a team of scientists basically plugged in the uh, the everything having to do with some four hundred different sports, Mm -hmm. from rules to records to you name it, right? And then asked the artificial intelligence to come up with a new with new sports (laughs) based on the information. And if you think AI is not trying to kill us, here's a few of their ideas. One, an exploding frisbee relay where racers run on a track while exploding discs are th- that that explode on impact are thrown at them. Holy cow! I'd watch that. I would too. A hot air balloon based sport in which players balance on a line tethered between aircraft and pass balls back and forth. By the way, there's no safety rope here. I think there's that's been done before. Somebody was walking between balloons on a on a one line. dude, and he wasn't you know he wasn't yeah, playing but, you know uh, all right, pass. The balls weren't being thrown at him. Yeah, and he, right. you know so okay. there's that. Um, uh, here's a here's a without equipment underwater relay race where you're not allowed to submerge. What? Yeah, that's called that drowning, I thought. Yeah. But how about a form of rugby with dangerous obstacles requiring gymnastic-style maneuvers to conquer, and if not, significant injury could uh, occur? This, this is this, running. It's like Running Man, or I don't even I don't even know what this is. Yeah, this this uh, AI who it really is very creative. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's, a, like, that's one way whoa. to word it, yeah. How about uh, that last one, except we get the giant cassowary and I buy it at auction? The murderous bird? Isn't that amazing? I'm buying that and then hitting the cockfighting (laughs) circuit. Oh. Oh, yeah. I'm going to make bank. Oh, that would be interesting. Would you post those videos? No, because it's illegal and you go to jail and stuff. So I just want to get paid. But you're going to take them out. You're going to take them out, aren't you? Really? It's a just, it's an act of justice. Yes. Come on. A cassowary is an act of justice. It's Perfect. Here's what I just um, here's what I just want to remind you of as I let you go. Uh-huh. Just be so glad you didn't choose garlic, okay? <laughs> All, right. All right. I do have to run now, yep. but uh, hold yeah. that for tomorrow. No, nope, not going to. See ya. All right. All right, bye-bye. There you go, Patrice Sakura. Slipping that noose. Wow, she was out of there, wasn't she? Yeah. You know, um, oh, I'm sorry, I'm looking at this here. There's several things that you'll want to do when you self-evaluate yourself as to whether it's okay for you to get behind the wheel. I think that's a responsibility that people have if they're going to go out and they're going to consume alcohol. You know, some people will take the opinion where it's like, well, if I'm going to drink anything, I'm going to take an Uber or take a cab, and good for you. Others will have to make that call. Well, I had a couple beers. It's been a certain amount of time, and hopefully you're making the right call. Things to look for. Uh, Like, this would be a good one. Uh, police say they charged a man with drunk driving after he drove off with two vehicles. Okay, that one requires some work. How did he do this? Uh, basically, police say that they were on patrol around 11 p.m. when they saw a large pickup truck that appeared to be towing another pickup truck directly attached. After realizing there were no rear lights on either car, the officer stopped the truck. Uh, during the roadside investigation, revealed the 25-year-old driver had backed his truck into another vehicle, causing his trailer hitch uh, to get under the rear bumper of the second vehicle, as well as knock it out of gear. And as he drove away, he didn't realize he was towing this other vehicle. I don't know how. I, I would 
I, I, I'm curious because there would naturally be some sort of friction. But I guess maybe if he knocked it right out of gear and the thing's essentially neutral at that point or he broke the drive line or something, I don't know. I'm not a mechanic. But if you're towing inadvertently towing a vehicle, and then when you hit a brake, isn't that thing slamming you from behind? Well, believe it or not, uh, he blew well over the legal limit. So if you find yourself careening down the road after leaving uh, the uh, bar or restaurant you were at uh, just moments before, and somehow you're driving two vehicles, kind of, it's a pretty good indicator that maybe it's time to pull over and not continue down the road. News you can use, just like the garlic news. Please, please, please use that. And the mice experiment, where do you find tiny little barb, uh, bulbs of garlic? I'm curious about that as well. But that's another story for another day. See you for now. At- Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.